Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Power Hour podcast. We've got a great lineup, so let's get started. Good morning, everyone. I'm Bill Miles with the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Chamber of Commerce, and welcome to today's Power Hour. We're glad to have you with us. It's already been a busy morning here at the Chamber, and uh, we had the opportunity to to salute and honor Connie Kilmar. And Connie has been uh, on the Chamber staff for 30 years. Today is her 30th anniversary. And uh, so the team got in and we celebrated Connie and can, we can't uh, thank her enough for all she has done, not only for the Chamber, but for the community. And I'm proud to say that I've been able to walk side by side with her every step of the way. So Connie, I know you're on, thank you. And we'll continue to celebrate you not only today, but throughout the week. Speaking of uh, celebrations, we want to say congratulations to all of those who have, have graduates or will have gradu graduates in the next week or two. And I'm proud to say that we will have some graduates tonight as well. The Leadership Hilton Head Bluffton class will graduate 19 community members, and they have, they've done a terrific class project. And I know that uh, I know you'll enjoy hearing more about that. Want to remind you to vote. Yesterday was the first day for in-person early voting in South Carolina. And so you can now vote early without restrictions for the June 14th Republican and Democratic primaries. And I've asked Kelly to put a link up on the screen, which she will do in the chat box. And uh, that will take you to our uh, elections page on the, on the Chamber website. You know, Power Hour is a place where we convene the community about relevant topics, and we've doing that, been doing that since the pandemic, and we're still going strong. Today with us is uh, one of the gentlemen that, that really helped us during that pandemic, pandemic helped our small businesses, and uh, uh, there, I don't think there's anybody else who's more energetic, more enthusiastic, more positive about small business than Tom Sullivan. And Tom's the Vice President of Small Business Policy for the U.S. Chamber. And I'll remind you once again, if you haven't listened before, that he was formerly worked under President Bush as the highest ranking official of government advocating for small business. So here to talk with us today is our good friend, Tom Sullivan. Tom, thanks for joining us. Tell us what's going on at the Chamber, at Congress, around the corner and around the globe. Well, thank you. Thank you, Bill. And uh, also, Congratulations to Connie, really pretty, pretty tremendous uh, 30 years of, of service. Um, and, and you've been a help not only to Bill and, and the Hilton Head Bluffton area chamber members, but uh, to folks like me and, and my colleagues really all over the United States. So congratulations. Um, Bill, you're nice to talk about how uh, we've worked together since the pandemic or, or during the pandemic and after the pandemic. Um, to get word out to help small business. And I'll, I'll, compliment, I'll put the compliment right back to you. Uh, we can only produce so much information, guides and information. Uh, it is, it's not usable unless uh, chamber executives like you and your colleagues help push that information out to the small businesses who can actually use it to help uh, themselves and to help their community. So thank you for your partnership, not only in getting information out, but uh, really to highlight action items going on in Congress in Washington, D.C. Uh, it seems like a decade ago, it was not, it was only about two years ago, where with your help and the help of close to 2,000 local, state, and regional chambers, 
around the United States where we convinced Congress to pass seven laws in less than 12 months, all specifically dedicated to help small business. So I, I, I don't like to look backwards too much, uh, but I, I think in this case, it's worth at least acknowledging the incredible work that you do and your membership does to help get the word out and to help convince Congress to do the right thing. Now, uh, I it turns out I'm actually not the only fan of the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Area Chamber of Commerce. I just noticed recently that your Chamber of Commerce is a finalist uh, for actually for the 2022 Chamber of Commerce of the year. This is, this is an award that will be conveyed on July 27th in Indianapolis um, and is done by the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. So it's one thing to be recognized as a, a leader nationally by, by me, uh, but it is certainly an even higher honor to be recognized by uh, Bill Miles's peers across the country as a finalist for the Chamber of Commerce of the Year. So congratulations to that. Now, kind of coming into what's going on for small businesses with my view of the entire United States uh, and what's going on at Congress and the administration. So as optimistic as I am, uh, things are, are pretty tough uh, out there on, on Main Street. I certainly don't have to uh, remind our small business owners who are on this uh, power hour this morning of the reality of what inflation is doing to small businesses. It's pretty bleak. We, we survey small businesses uh, every quarter in conjunction with our partnership with MetLife. It's the MetLife and U.S. Chamber of Commerce Small Business Index. Our latest survey show 85% of small businesses are concerned about inflation. That is a huge, huge number. And those headwinds of inflation don't just affect higher prices to pay for supplies and also um, in reaction to that, forcing small businesses to raise prices. It also raises prices for keeping employees and hiring new employees. So we see not only is inflation a major, major headwind for small businesses, but this worker shortage crisis that we've been in really uh, since before the pandemic is also at an all time high and that's exasperated by wage inflation. So we see just over 50% of small businesses not being able to find and fill uh, key positions in, in their uh, in their biz places of business. So that's the bad news. So what we're doing at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce to try to address inflation, we're trying to commend the administration for finally focusing on this. But we, we want to add to the wish list of reducing tariffs, um, put immigration and a prioritization of getting new workers into the mix, and also an increased look at energy security, North American energy security. So what does that actually mean? It means make it easier to produce clean energy, other energy sources, so that we can help drive the price of gas down 
reduce our dependency on foreign oil, and once again, be self-sufficient when it comes to energy. Uh, it has been really frustrating for our friends in the energy industry where the rhetoric is we want to drive the price of gas down, but the reality is increasing regulatory burdens that actually make it more expensive and are a disincentive for domestic energy producers to produce more energy. So we're, we want to level the playing field there. We would like for an increased focus on uh, domestic energy security. We think that that will bring down the, the price of gas and other energy needs in the United States. We think adding those things to the mix for President Biden's focus on inflation will actually uh, help lower prices and reduce some of the inflationary pressures uh, that, are, that are felt by small businesses and consumers and all Americans right now. So the bad news is inflation. Now, the good news from a small business perspective is over this past year, there are new filings for small business starts. There are more filings for new business starts than ever before. So we've got a lot of folks for whatever reason, whether they were just putting off starting a small business, maybe uh, their, their model for running a business in the past hasn't worked and they want to start a new type of business, or maybe it's college graduates saying, you know, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to create jobs and build communities in the Hilton Head Island and other places in the United States. But for whatever reason, we have an all-time high in an interest in starting and being successful in small business. That is tremendous news. Now, at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, we're trying to plead with Congress and the White House to say, this is good. Let's nurture those new founders. Let's nurture those new entrepreneurs. So what we've tried to do is we tried to impress upon Washington, D.C., the White House and Congress, that here's the type of things that you should focus on to help nurture those new businesses. We've come up with a small business bill of rights. I'm going to post it in a chat right now. And basically, these are five principles that small business owners have told us are important for Congress and the White House to remember. And it basically boils down to having government have a hands-off approach and not have undue um, restrictions on a small businesses, small business owners' ability to run and grow their business. There are five principles. If you take a quick look at them and think that, that's, that you'd like to support that Bill of Rights, we'd love for you to post on social media the, um, the Bill of Rights that were, just host, uh, that were just posted by me and by Kelly. Um, there is information about how to tag that on social media and try to build a groundswell of support telling uh, Congress and the White House Here's what we need to do to nurture this small business growth. I, I'd say a lot to our, our friends in Washington, D.C., uh, let's not kill the goose that's laying the golden eggs um, and, and try to impress upon them that there's more to do to help than, unfortunately, to micromanage, control, or hurt those new small business startups. Last but not least, 
not only is the Hilton Head Island Bluffton Area Chamber of Commerce recognized as one of the finalists for the Chamber of the Year, we at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce are trying to uh, recognize or receive applications for and recognize the best small businesses of the year. And so the deadline to apply for what we are what we call the Dream Big Awards. And these there are eight different categories. And then the winner of Dream Big Awards gets a cash prize and really national recognition for being the best small business in the United States, the Dream Big Award winner. I posted information about our Dream Big Awards. I would love to see applications coming from Hilton Head Island and Bluffton area, uh, because I know that you certainly are the home of many incredible entrepreneurs, founder and small business owners. And so uh, if you get a moment to take a look at the Dream Big Award application, information, forward it to friends, family, neighbors, anyone you think would be a good candidate for uh, for these awards, I sure would appreciate it. I would love to greet you in the fall and, and uh, recognize some of the finalists that are from the Hilton Head Island Bluffton area. So with that, I'll turn it back to you, Bill. Happy to answer any questions folks might have about small business. All right, Tom, thank you so much for that uh, very informative update as always. And we do have a few questions for you. The uh, the first one, I think, is a little bit of a doozy. We'll see what you can do with it. It's coming sure. to us from Rick, and Rick is asking, what has the potential to impact small businesses more, inflation or the workforce availability? Yeah, uh, thank, well, thank you for forwarding that, that information. I actually, inflation and worker affordability or our workforce crisis are lumped together really in the same casserole. Uh, so we have inflation that's traditionally looked at as more expensive costs of goods and services, but this also is impacting the worker shortage because in order to find, hire, or keep qualified and willing employees, they're demanding more salaries. So you get wage inflation. I'm even though we like, well, I don't like to talk about inflation because it's a it, it's a downer of a conversation. But even though we refer to inflation. Um, differently than workforce, small business owners tell me it's all lumped together in a big, messy casserole. So we've got uh, salary inflation. We've also got price supplies of goods inflation. Those together uh, are, are making tremendous headwinds. So I, it's a little bit of a dodge of a question to say, which is more important because small business owners tell me they're all lumped together. Now, the solutions to them also are lumped together. I've told small businesses all across the United States, and I encourage many of you, if you got three, if you've got five seconds in front of a lawmaker, I ask so many small businesses to ask the lawmaker one question. What are you doing to help me what are you doing? Excuse me, I got to get this right. What are you doing to make it easier for me to hire one more employee? Answering that question is critical to addressing salary inflation and worker shortage. 
And once the cost of workers, the availability of workers goes up, overall inflationary pressure should go down. Very good, thank you. Next question is coming from Sarah. And Sarah is asking if you think energy security is possible in the short term. Uh, thank you for that question about energy security. So short term, if you mean uh, by Labor Day, no, it's not possible. If you say short term within uh, the next year, I say, yes, it is possible. There, are, there is a tremendous amount of power the White House and the administration have emergency powers, quite frankly, to reduce regulatory burden in order to help domestic energy producers produce more. And I, you know, I, I'll give an example. The bipartisan infrastructure legislation actually contained language that would expedite the permitting process. It's very simple to say, if there are applications by someone to build a road or to build critical um, internet infrastructure, if those applications are pending before a state regulatory agency, they should be able to be considered by a federal agency at the same time. Really just kind of makes sense to have a dual track, a dual track of approval rather than waiting for a state to make a decision and then starting all over again in a federal decision. That same type of streamlining can be done for domestic energy produ uh, production can be done administratively and could be done um, in the next year, so 12 months. I doubt they could do anything uh, before Labor Day, but I'm optimistic that with the proper White House focus, you can get some permitting streamlining reforms done within 12 months. And that, that will lower the cost, that should lower some of the cost of energy. It should increase uh, the domestic energy production in the United States. All right, thank you for that. Uh, another question here, Eric is asking, what are the U.S. Chamber's thoughts on the Keystone Pipeline as far as reopening it? So I'd have to punt to my experts uh, in, in our Global uh, Energy Institute, GEI, uh, for the specifics. And I promise to Bill and Connie uh, that I will follow up with whatever types of white papers flush out, um, flush out that position. But I do know overall, there is such frustration about the lack of certainty when it comes to permitting. You know, it, it is ridiculous that there's this pendulum that swings back and forth from Republican to Democrat administrations where they say, okay, you've met all the requirements, go ahead and start building. And then six months later, or quite frankly, six years later, say, oh, nope, sorry, you gotta start all over again. That type of regulatory pendulum swinging that creates a lack of certainty, very, very dangerous for the United States economy and has been terrible for en the energy stakeholders uh, that have ha been having to um, deal with the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, and I actually, on a little bit more of a personal note, I find it tremendously offensive that you've got oil in, 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 in a part of the world that is one of our closest allies in Canada, and that oil will continue to be produced. We have an opportunity to actually refine it 
It's some of the cleanest refineries in the world. But because of that uncertainty pendulum, we're forcing our friends to push that oil somewhere else where it's going to be refined in a way that is not as environmentally friendly as it is in the United States. So the consequences go beyond, I, I think, what sometimes we look at domestically into a global view that is ultimately harmful for the environment, not helpful. But Bill, I will follow up with you for more specific details on our position on Keystone and then would, would love it if you could pass that along to the person who is nice enough to ask the question. We'll certainly do that and thank you for uh, agreeing to send it. Our last question for you is coming from Laura. And uh, Lori is asking, do you hear from small businesses concerns about a possible recession? I, you know, Bill, the R word is generally what is follow, follows the I word. So the I word is inflation and the R word is recession. So I do hear a lot from small business owners about recession. Um, I am convinced mostly because of small business owners that the consumer purchasing that is going on right now and has been going on for some time, will push a recession uh, far enough away into next year. I think there is likely to be a recession. I'm hope, hoping that the government takes steps to make it a very, I think the economic term is a shallow recession, which, which to me just means short, a short recession. Uh, but I do think one's gonna happen. I do think that it's gonna happen. Uh, the more that consumers start tightening their belts, um, the more likely that you will have a negative spend instead of a positive spend, which would, which would trigger uh, a recession. But the way that consumers are spending now, uh, it does not look like that will happen this year. That's good news. Now, if only we can address the worker shortage to allow these businesses to actually find some employees to meet that consumer demand, we could actually spur some growth that would help push off a recession even further. Tom, thank you so much. I wish we could spend another 30 minutes with you. Uh, the information you share is always so helpful. And uh, we in the region and all around the country appreciate the great work that Tom Sullivan does for the U.S. Chamber on behalf of the small business community. So Tom, thank you very much. And we look forward to having you back on uh, again a, a little while down the road. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for your partnership. Hope to see you soon. Take care. All right. That was Tom Sullivan, Vice President of Small Business Policy at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Beaufort County, we know, and the surrounding region are growing rapidly. Uh, last month, we had Mayor Harry Williams on talking about some of the growth in the Hardyville area. And today, we're fortunate to have John O'Toole with us. And John is the Executive Director of the Beaufort County Economic Development Corporation. And he's certainly at the forefront of, of, of growth in Beaufort County. And John is charged with not only business retention and expansion, but also attraction for Beaufort County. And he's going to give us an update today of, of what he's been working on and some of the things maybe uh, looking at in the future. John, welcome. We're glad to have you and uh, look forward to hearing your update. Bill, great to be with you today. I hope everyone can hear me fine. Uh, really appreciate what the chamber does. It makes my job a lot easier. I'll explain that as I go on. As Tom was speaking uh, earlier, it reminded me of uh, 
the uh, uh, expression, I think, Ronald, attributed to Ronald Reagan, who said the best social program is a job. And that's a really good question uh, to ask our legislators, policymakers. Uh, and I will say I did vote yesterday morning, so don't forget to vote. Um, I have a great board uh, working uh, with me that stimulates uh, uh, our great strategies for economic development in Beaufort County. And I'll catch you up on some of the projects uh, that are happening in your area. Uh, as we're trying to diversify the economy in a way that's complementary to what we love about Beaufort County, uh, it reminds me of our vision and mission, uh, which is to diversify the economy, create good paying jobs, and uh, we punctuate that by uh, making sure that it's, it's complementary to our blue chip industries, defense and hospitality, and very respectful of the environment. Uh, a while back, Tom Lennox asked me what surprises me the most uh, doing this now for four and a half years. And what has surprised me is, is that to date we've done uh, some 45 projects and they've not been opposed by a not in my backyard sentiment or uh, uh, environmentalists haven't found issue uh, with the projects we're doing. So we uh, uh, take a bit of pride in that. Uh, I work with a, a great young man, Charlie Stone here at the Buford County Economic Development Corporation. Uh, but we rely on a lot of you who are probably on this call. We have a lot of partners that help us get things done. Uh, with everything going on in Buford County as we're facing these primaries, elections, uh, and decision points, I, I have to say that I look at uh, economic development as a piece in a balanced wheel. And obviously the environment I've touched on, uh, we try to be very mindful of the projects we're doing. Uh, uh, Charlie Stone in particular is working uh, with uh, Reggie, uh, oh gosh, um, no, LJ Bush, not Reggie Bush, LJ Bush, uh, through mentorship programs at Hilton Head High School. Uh, workforce housing and skill development are, are things that we have to be cognizant of. And I know with everything going on on Hilton Head, uh, don't forget that smooth transportation uh, is part of the uh, overall balanced lifestyle and will contribute to economic development. Uh, on workforce, I know everyone uh, is concerned about where their workers are going to come from. Uh, we have so many great partners. So if you're on this call and are challenged by workforce, definitely reach out to Charlie Stone and myself. We have so many great partners. Uh, many of them are partners with the chamber as well. On workforce housing, in the background, uh, we have been working with investors to create a pro formas so that Policymakers can uh, look at uh, what they're trying to do to create workforce housing. Uh, and I, I will say that I, I love the uh, workforce housing that just came online on Target Road. Uh, it looks great. And uh, I think there should, should and will be more. I know Mark Orlando and uh, Sean Colin are working on an RFP right now for some uh, workforce housing uh, near the North End Post Office as well. And uh, 
uh, similar efforts underway in Bluffton. Now, when we look at economic development, I'll bring you through this because anytime we speak, we try to present the scorecard. So our fiscal year ends the last day of June and our, our target was $60 million. Hopefully you can see my mouse here. Uh, we've done $67 million in projects and I'll touch on a few of those in a bit. Uh, in terms of uh, a job creation, uh, uh, we've exceeded our 250 jobs. And what I take a, a great deal of pride in is if you jump down here to the bottom, uh, this year we're averaging 40, the, across those 268 jobs, uh, $43,000, uh, just under 44,000. And then uh, uh, we do a lot with uh, uh, lead generation and uh, uh, marketing. And uh, uh, next week I'll be going to a cybersecurity show in uh, uh, San Francisco, uh, which is one of our focus industries. And this is what we've done uh, uh, since inception down at the bottom. And you can see that on our website. Our target industries, I think uh, we're on the right track. Uh, as many of you know, we have the Converge Summit in January and try to fine tune our targets with uh, resident input. Uh, you know, cybersecurity, I'll touch on this a little later, uh, is one of the newer industries that we're focusing on. But everything we're doing uh, uh, is sitting pretty well with Beaufort County residents. And, you know, I'm really thankful to the chamber for it, it being recognized, uh, uh, as we heard from Tom, and, and may be recognized again and gets recognition for our area. But we pound away on three uh, pillars in all our advertising. We're relentless in this exhilarating environment, and uh, uh, many of you are aware of that. A skilled and ready workforce, what we Use as our shiniest lure are the uh, 2100 uh, exiting Marines. And every two weeks, Charlie is uh, Charlie Stone in my office is on base with employers introducing transitioning Marines to the job opportunity uh, opportunities that exist in Beaufort County. And uh, uh, one thing to be aware of, if you're not familiar, it's the uh, uh, skills bridge program through the military. And uh, there are times where a, a transitioning Marine can be released to an employer 180 days before their uh, final date on the Marine Corps' dime to train in their, their next profession. So if you're not familiar with that, uh, call Charlie or myself. And then I uh, unparalleled support, uh, you'll see Tom Ruggie, who just did a project on the North End, a $9 million project on the North End of Hilton Head, ends up being our, our poster child uh, for uh, the level of support you get when you bring a business to Beaufort. And I have to credit Charlie Stone uh, with uh, really doing an excellent job in creating that brand for us. Uh, uh, this is the pitch that we've used in the uh, recent Home Builders publication. Uh, but again, everything that uh, uh, Bill and your team does complements uh, what we're uh, what we're. Uh, pitching when we're on the road. And then we use a, a business owner like Tom Ruggie's quote there, you know, I used to live in a hotel room. Now I'm lucky to live uh, and work on Hilton Head. Uh, these are images last week. I was in Queens, Brooklyn, uh, Manhattan, uh, Northern Jersey, and Connecticut. And uh, the, the 
contrast, the lifestyle, uh, everything that COVID underscored uh, points to more businesses, uh, regardless of uh, uh, inflation and recession. Uh, we continue to see great interest in our region. This is a gentleman I met with last Friday in Ronkonkoma, New York, Long Island. Uh, and uh, he was familiar with our area, he pulled out the mug uh, he received when his daughter was a student at USCB. So our brand is known, and again, thanks to the good work of the uh, chamber. Uh, Tom Ruggi uh, uh, is enlarging his uh, uh, machine shop on Finch Road, uh, Hilton Head. Uh, it, it, Palmetto Electric's been very helpful in that. The town uh, has been very helpful in that. He's doing parts for uh, companies like uh, SpaceX and uh, uh, Collins Aerospace. Some of his uh, work uh, is going to be used uh, as housing for cameras in the bases. Uh, 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 he'll create the base that'll hold the camera that'll explore the moons of Jupiter. And that's being built, uh, pieces of that being built on Hilton Head. Uh, in addition to the $9 million he's investing, he's looking to work with uh, uh, students who are not college bound to find uh, jobs in industry. And uh, we'll be creating about 13 jobs, averaging just over $70,000 on Hilton Head. Uh, this project has been in the hopper a long time. Uh, the Army Corps of Engineers held this project up a little bit, but we are working on Project Cloud. This will be a 10 or $12 million investment. Uh, if you will, it's like medical tourism for your Cirrus jet. Uh, so this will bring uh, more more prospects, more hospitality folks uh, to Hilton Head as well, and more to come on that. Uh, uh, Tim Dolnick is uh, finally developing Myrtle Business Park in Bluffton, uh, and he's building out uh, 60,000 square feet in total. And as you can see from the sign here, a fair amount of uh, space, uh, uh, and this is located next to the county building in Bluffton, is already sold. So he's doing well there. We have uh, 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 three brewery projects that are percolating right now, a project Bones is going to invest $5 million, create seven jobs uh, that at, that'll average $57,000. Now, keep in mind, I'm not reporting on the on the retail jobs. I'm only reporting on the manufacturing jobs in the brewing process. Uh, two other breweries that are uh, uh, in the offing are at uh, Project Lawn, which uh, is at the Bank, uh, Bank of America building on Pope Avenue. A 13, uh, just under $14 million investment, uh, 31 jobs, and uh, uh, it'll uh, be averaging over 50,000. Uh, Project Packet, the same developer, has bought the Island Packet Building, will be creating 29 jobs, uh, averaging over 53,000. And what you should know is, is that we provide, we work with the county to provide uh, a fee in lieu of tax agreements uh, that extend over 20 years. So, and in particular, this brewer uh, will be purchasing over a half million dollars a year in Carolina grain and uh, barrels made in Barnwell, uh, uh, South Carolina. So uh, things that we are looking, uh, I would say, aspirationally towards, and, and you could include uh, some of the property uh, in Shelter Cove in this, uh, but 
headquarters sites or something I'd, I'd like to get out there. I, I envision in the next uh, five years, five headquarters being located in Beaufort County. Uh, Town of Bluffton has done a great job preparing this pad uh, at Buckwalter. Uh, we are working with uh, Sean Colin and Mark Orlando at the town uh, to promote the uh, classic motor site. Uh, and uh, uh, we have not only on all of these sites, we not only have our brochures and our meeting with companies last week, I met with a company in Stamford, Connecticut, that would be interested in perhaps relocating its headquarters to Beaufort County. Uh, but we also have virtual visits drone. If you go to our website, you'll see drone uh, drone images of these sites. Uh, Palmetto Bay Business Park. And what's nice is I've been here four and a half years, uh, but uh, with uh, Mark Orlando's leadership, we are uh, really uh, trying to uh, uh, capture uh, what the value proposition is, what the uh, appraised value is, and market these sites aggressively. So on Hilton Head, keep in mind the uh, uh, William Hilton site, Classic Motors, Palmetto Bay Business Park, and I already showed you uh, the uh, Buckwalter site. Uh, another site in Bluffton and uh, a lot of activity coming out of the ground with David Johnson's uh, Washington Square, and that's one we market as well. Uh, just to wrap up, and uh, hopefully I could answer some questions. One thing we're doing uh, is uh, we're working with the city of Buford to create a landing pad. Uh, and we're working with the Southern Carolina Alliance to create uh, some uh, 7,500 uh, square feet so that companies coming to the area uh, would have a place to uh, work from. We have pro bono services, lawyers, accounting, uh, but to really provide a low country welcome. Similar uh, efforts, uh, uh, if we don't have the space here, the person prefers it, we'll make arrangements to house them at the Don Ryan Center. But this space is right above where I'm sitting this morning and it's uh, coming online. Uh, we are working on a, a diversifying the economy and through a Department of Defense grant uh, to promote cybersecurity uh, in the area. And one of the most beautiful economic development uh, efforts I saw was I had a company out of Boston on the phone and I had uh, uh, Brian Canada from uh, USCB and Angel Kern from TCL on the call with the uh, uh, business owner. We did another call that same day with the business owner in Paramus and the business owner looked at their curriculum and was very excited about the talent pipeline. Uh, today, it's estimated over a half million unfilled cybersecurity jobs in America. So it's a pretty good, uh, a, pr a pretty good niche. Uh, finally, watch for Safe Harbor. I know they have a, a, a footprint on uh, on Hilton Head, uh, but at the Port Royal site, I think there could be great synergy between the chamber and what Safe Harbor uh, could be doing over there. And uh, if I could ask you, uh, to, on, on our radar screen, we're working with County Council on an overall product uh, uh, development uh, effort. Uh, we are working on internet with through an international lead generator. So that'll bring some uh, more activity here. Aspirationally, uh, we're looking 
for five headquarters in five years in, in Beaufort County. And uh, lastly, a request, uh, uh, if you ever get an opportunity to get us uh, uh, behind the gates to talk to uh, uh, residents about uh, what we're doing in economic development, 98% of our leads come from somebody who's already here. So I thank you for an opportunity to speak. I hope I, I, I wasn't too long or too fast. Thank you. John, thank you. What a comprehensive report. Uh, we appreciate that. We had four or five questions, but uh, during your presentation, I can say that you answered each one of those. So we oh, don't good. have any questions for you, but uh, a great report. And uh, it's hard to believe you've been here four and a half years. It's, uh, they're not on to me yet, Bill. I'm loving it. That, that's a good thing. Hey, you yes. keep up the good work. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That was John O'Toole doing a great job in economic development work. Also doing a great job in real estate is Jean Beck. And Jean's going to talk to us a little bit about the real estate market. And uh, she's the, the CEO of the Hilton Head, Area, Hilton Head Area Association of Realtors. There we go, Jean. I got it. Uh, welcome. Yeah. We're glad to have you. Great. Thanks very much for having me. That was a great update, Tom. Thank you for still on here, John. That was a great update. And Tom, too, that was all good information. So let's pivot a little bit into the real estate market. And um, I certainly want to thank you, Bill, for having me here today. And it's actually June 1st. It is a perfect day for me to be here to um, talk about real estate to our community. It's the first day of National Homeownership Month. So throughout June, our three tier or associations will promote the benefits of homeownership and the commitment to creating opportunities for future homeowners. You know, realtors help millions of Americans across the country each day who aspire to join 83 million property owners in the United States. Homeownership builds financial wealth with 65.5% of Americans owning homes. The net worth of a typical homeowner is nearly 40 times the net worth of a non-owner. And according to the National Association of Realtors, the total value of owner-occupied housing rose by $8.2 trillion in the last decade. And the number of middle-income homeowners increased by nearly 1 million. The typical homeowner has accumulated more than $200,000 in wealth due to the price appreciation. Um, however, we are, there's always a however, we are at a 50-year uh, record shortage of affordable homes available for purchase, and that has seriously limited the access to the residential real estate market. And that inventory shortage and affordability is something we face in our local real estate market. And in our April reports, we have a total of 1.1 months of supply of inventory uh, in our region. Uh, but believe it or not, that's actually up by 22% compared to April of 2021. So it has been busy here in our region for the last couple of years in real estate sales, some record numbers for sure. I checked last night and the total number of listings and resident, residential properties in the resides MLS that services our region um, was 571. Well, that's the highest number I have seen in months. And a few, few, just a few months ago, it was down to 283, 283 properties. And that is a representative of single family homes and condos and villas. So that does not include lots and it does not include any commercial real estate as well. 
So where are we? And you know, we hear the inflation that Tom was talking about and the recession, and we hear small businesses, which is really what all realtors are as a small business as independent contractors. Um, and what are our economists saying? So we see, we all know that the interest rates have increased over the last few, few months. Um, so interest rates and inflations will, will likely slow down the real estate market that we've seen such a, a competitive market. Uh, some realtors are saying where they saw 10 offers, they're now seeing maybe five offers. So we're seeing, we're definitely seeing a little slowdown. But what I want you to really think about is the impact, what this interest rate means and the affordability for people. So we have in 21, our interest rates were around three, 3.1%. We've had 15 to 20% appreciation in our country over the last year in property. So now with interest rates going up to 5%, it is making it more challenging for first time home buyers. You're looking at, you know, can be upwards of four to five to $600 in, in a monthly um, mortgage uh, compared to what we were when we were at 3%. So that's another challenge. So our region has certainly recognized that appreciation. Um, our April market reports show our region at a 22% increase in appreciation with the median price at $475,000. And that's data from the Resides MLS, formerly known as the Hilton Head MLS, um, that services throughout our low country region. Uh, but I wanna pause a second and talk about something that I wanna be sure that our listeners know about. So the South Carolina Housing Authority has a program called Palmetto Heroes. Um, it is just open for 2022. They have this yearly. It offers a $10,000 forgivable down payment assistance um, and competitive mortgage rates. Um, and this program is open to qualified teachers, medical professionals, EMT, paramedics, firefighters, law enforcement, correction officers, veterans, active military, and the South Carolina National Guard. So you can go to south, um, schousing.com for more information about their program. Funding is limited, so you want to check quickly on that if you qualify for all about any of, if you qualify for um, under their criteria. But we certainly uh, want to make sure that our, um, our heroes here in our low country know that that's available to them. So as realtors, you know, we strive to ensure Americans have the opportunity to achieve home ownership. You know, it's the pathway for economic well-being and intergenerational wealth building. And as I close this, the real estate, what I really want to say is the real estate market in the last 48 hours, I have heard and read multiple articles about the shift we are going to see in the real estate. Uh, we're seeing a slowdown. Will prices go down? Um, so, you know, really and truly, if you have questions, you need to call your favorite realtor, have them do an analysis on your pro property, help, help them, give them the information so they can help achieve your goals in real estate. Um, the realtor is really your advisor um, in this very competitive market. Um, and, you know, to our listeners, if you'd like to see any of our market reports, they're always available every month on our website, hhrealtor.com. They usually come out around the 15th of the month. We have breakdowns from Hilton Head Island to Bluffton to Hardyville, as well as many, many of our different communities, whether it's Sea Pines or Belfair or Berkeley or Latitude Margaritaville. We got a lot of people moving into that Latitude Margaritaville over the last few years. Oh, so um, market reports are available. They're open to the public. And, and I certainly want to thank you for the opportunity to having me here and wishing everybody a happy homeownership month here in this June.
Thank you, Gene. Thank you very much. Very informative. A uh, question for you is coming from Jim. And Jim is asking, have you seen the sale of lots change in the last year or two? Yeah, lots have been a hot commodity here in the area for sure. And you can see if you go start looking around in many of these communities, you know, I, I live in Hilton Head Plantation. I took a ride. I, I live kind of near the front gate, so I don't really go back much farther other than to go to the pool. But when I started driving around um, a few weeks ago, I couldn't believe the number of building. I was over in, in uh, Wexford the other day at an event. And again, the building is just you know, then that's what we need. That's the building is what's going to help us to um, to achieve and and get more inventory on the market. So yes, those building lots have been a uh, you know have been helpful. We still struggle though with the shortage of labor for building and certainly the supply chain of building. And we see a lot of development. Bill, you said you had Mayor Harry here last week from Hart last week from Hardyville. So you know the the growth and the development that is happening with many production builders coming into our area. All right, thank you for that. And uh, Tom is asking if you're still seeing a lot of cash offers. Yeah, there are a lot of cash. You know, that's a good, good, good point and a good question as we talk about interest rates. So, you know, our area traditionally has always seen a lot of cash offers. It's not unusual for about a 50% of sales to be cash offers, and that's always been year over year. So, uh, yes, our realtors do continue to see those cash offers, um, especially in this competitive market. Cash is king. Um, but we want to realize that, you know, the real estate industry as a whole, when we start to see those interest rates going up, is what's going to trickle down because what happens in another area is going to hope eventually come down and impact into everyone as they try to move and relocate or find one of those great new jobs that John was just talking about from the Economic Development Corporation. Gene, thanks so much for being with us this morning. We're going to transition to workforce housing now and talk a little bit about that, but uh, appreciate the report. And uh, a reminder, people can go to her website and get all kinds of factual, actual information regarding real estate. Gene, thank you. you. All right, thank you. All right, that was Gene Beck. And uh, we're gonna transition now and talk a little bit about workforce housing. We know we've heard that uh, that come up several times during our discussion this morning. And, and here with us, uh, uh, we're going to have a lady that has just joined the town. Her name is Missy Lewick. And uh, she's the principal planner with the town of Bluffton. She's only been on the job for 30 days and brings with her a wealth of information over 17 years of local government planning experience. And Missy, we're uh, delighted to have you and you've got, uh, you've got a lot of opportunity ahead of you, let's say. Good morning. Good morning. Um, one correction, I work for the town of Hilton Head, not the town of Bluffton. Um, but thank you very much for having me on this morning. I really appreciate having the opportunity to discuss a really exciting upcoming project in the town of Hilton Head Island. And it's one that John O'Toole briefly mentioned in his presentation. Um, and as most people are aware, the town has identified a critical need for workforce housing on the island. Workforce and affordable housing have been identified in our plan, the town's comprehensive plan, and the strategic action plan. And town leadership is taking an active role in addressing this issue. 
Um, in February of this year, town council directed the town manager to prepare a request for qualifications or RFQ for a public-private partnership to develop affordable workforce housing on the town-owned North Point tracks, commonly referred to as the North End Post Office tract. I am going to share my screen, um, show you where this is located. Um, so. The tract is located on the north end off William Hilton Parkway between Wild Horse Road and Gumtree Road near the Cross Island Parkway interchange. The tract is just about, it's over 12 acres in size, is bordered by Jarvis Creek on the west, the Marsh Point Apartments to the north, and the north end post office on the east, and of course it fronts on William Hilton Parkway. Town leadership has allocated a um, million dollars toward the project. Um, on April 1st of this year, we released the RFQ seeking a developer partner. It's anticipated the selected developer partner will have an experienced development team made up of architects, engineers, land planners, contractors to provide professional services to support the revitalization of the site into a sustainable and mixed income neighborhood. And the town envisions reintegration of the site into the fabric of our existing schools, services, and adjoining neighborhoods, and a project that will utilize energy efficient design and construction elements, neighborhood garden elements, site amenities, and other similar sustainable neighborhood qualities. And the town's looking to create a world-class affordable and workforce housing project that really embodies island character, sustainability, and is ecologically sensitive to the environment. The RFQ responses were due on May 20th. Um, those submittals will be evaluated and reviewed and finalists will be selected to then submit a formal detailed development proposal to the town. And then those proposals will be evaluated and used to determine a preferred developer partner to engage in developing the site. We anticipate the developer partner will be selected in the last quarter of this year. Um, and then that developer partner will work closely with the town and other community groups in the redevelopment of this property into an affordable workforce housing community that is operationally sustainable, fully integrated with the surrounding neighborhood and meets all of the town's sustainability design goals. And that kind of wraps up where we are in the RFQ process. There will certainly be a lot more to come when this process unfolds. We're just getting started. Um, really, um, and it's a real exciting project and, and one that uh, I'm sure will be in the news as it progresses. Um, but that's kind of where we are in the project. I'll turn it back over to you, Bill, um, and can answer any questions about this project. Missy, thank you. And uh, uh, thank you for the correction on the town of Hilton Head Island. I don't know how <laughs> I missed that, but I did. But anyway, uh, first question's coming from Amy. And Amy is asking if you're seeing quite a bit of interest from developers. Um, we had a pre-bid meeting and there were over 50 participants on that call. I'm not part of the RFQ um, evaluation team, so I'm not sure how many RFQ responses we received, um, but it's anticipated that the, the preferred team would have um, a whole team of contractors, developers, architects, land planners um, on their team to work together on the project. 
Thank you for that. And Sam is asking if there is a total number of units that the town has as a goal to build on Hilton Head Island. Right now, that is all going to be determined by the development proposal and will be evaluated um, when we're evaluating um, the developer partner proposal. So it is not yet known at this time, um, but we really want the project to integrate within the community, have, you know, fit the island character, um, look and feel within the community and have neighborhood amenities. So, um, you know, the density of the project will be based on, you know, the site constraints and the context of the site. All right, Missy, thank you. We're delighted to have you here on Hilton Head Island and the wealth of experience that you're bringing with you. We know it's only been 30 days on the job, but you're off and running, and we're looking forward to uh, partnering and working with you, just as I know many others are. So thank you for being with us today. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you all for being with us today as well. And I want to, before we close, just to uh, mention and remind you to exercise your right to vote. And the uh, early voting has started. So please get out and vote. And lastly, I'll just say, be kind and take care of each other. And uh, let's be nice to everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Chamber Channel's Power Hour. We encourage you to tune in for future episodes. Never miss one by subscribing to our channel on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. 